And we're back in the studio with Kristen Jacobson. Heyo. Scott Irwin. What's going on? Daniel Asher. I, I want to sound more enthusiastic than those two. Hi. Scott sounded really depressed. <laughs> Scott did sound depressed. I'm, Hold on. I am sad. Scott, do we need to talk about something? Yes. <laughs> I'm, you you okay? guys are talking about the Bulls documentary, and I can't watch it, and I'm sad uh. about it. <laughs> well, That's a reason can't... to be sad. Hold on. Why can't you watch it? I, I don't have... I'd have to stream it somehow. I don't have cable. I don't you have sound ESPN. Like, like the worst ESPN millennial too. that ever lived. Dude, no, I'm the so best millennial. <laughs> There's so many hacks. <laughs> there are. You're right. But are there legal hacks? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, everyone, get a pen real quick. Uh, just off the get go here. This is church my is now on, <laughs> Church is now online. Church yeah, is yeah, now online, and the Bulls oh, were the best dynasty to ever live. <laughs> oh man, you Amen. guys, we need to we need to talk about some things real quick because there's some ethical considerations to about what's about to happen. But uh, the first thing you need to write down is sling.com. Or I think that's what it is. Sling TV. Google it. You'll get a free week's trial. It's incredible. All right. Choose the orange package. Give them a credit card. Watch the Bulls documentary on ESPN and then cancel it because nothing else on there is worth it. All right. Hold on, though. It's and a then five next week, week long documentary. I know, I know, no, no, yeah. I got it solved. I got it solved. And then next week, you're going to go to YouTube TV and you're going to do the month long trial. Brilliant. And you're going to do that one until uh, that's up. And then you're going to cancel it. So you don't, you know, Dave Ramsey will be proud of you because you're going to cancel all of your free subscriptions. And then you will have chosen to spend all of your free trial opportunities for any service on the best documentary series that has ever aired, ever, period, <laughs> end of story. There's nothing better in the world than this, wow. this series. I was on board yeah. until the oversell a bit. <laughs> but. So we're talking about uh, the this last is the documentary. Dance. This is the documentary that we can endorse as a church. That's what you're trying it's to true. say. Although we can. There was some language, so I feel like we I should was, just put a little, little caveat I was stunned. out there. I was stunned. And I know there's two were versions. There, yes, I was because the words that they used were words I haven't heard over cable TV ever, and I didn't oh. know that that like I, I'm accustomed That's to. That's what surprised you, not the fact that NBA players may use foul language. <laughs> Right. No, no, no. I knew that. I definitely knew that. But I didn't know, like, we've been sheltered through the 90s of, like, not, you know, there's always been a beep over those things. And just hearing Michael Jordan just drop words, you're like, oh, really? Oh, right. I feel like that yeah. would ruin my childhood because I was a Space Jam kid, hardcore. Well, and, uh, there's a lot I, about was There might be a lot about Michael Jordan that you might be a little bit um well have ruined your perception in this and, documentary and that's what i kind of heard he was he was very um hesitant about the documentary because he he didn't know how he's going to be portrayed no 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 <laughs> i don't think he didn't okay so i got two theories on this the first is yeah. that i don't i don't think he didn't know how he was going to be portrayed because he's one of the lead executive producers of this series and so oh, hmm. it, they, they required everyone's, um, okay, Kristen, did they have to get Ryan, uh, Reinsdorf? Three people they needed, Phil Jackson, Reinsdorf, and Michael Jordan's, okay, before they, because all of this footage obviously has been around for decades, and people have said well, year after year, when are you going to finally make this film? When are you going to finally make this film? And Jordan had previously not given his okay. And there's some theories out there about why. Hmm most people don't, well, I don't know, maybe most people, depends, I guess, on when you grew up, what you understood about who Michael Jordan was. But 
um, he wasn't, you know, nice and fluffy <laughs> to be around. He's the greatest of all time. Right. <laughs> That's right. And and so here, here's kind of exactly. like, here's it's my, required here's my in thinking. order to, yes. you know, be excellent. So Michael Jordan does not want people to see him cast in a negative light. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that at all because I think everybody knows that to be the best at anything, you're going to ruffle a few feathers. And so, little, so far, episodes one and two, yeah, episodes one and two are, I would not say by any, they're not unflattering to Michael Jordan. They're terribly unflattering to Jerry Krause, who's the general manager who essentially broke up the team. Um, and growing up as a kid in Chicago in the 90s, like Jerry Krause was as close as I ever got to swearing. You know, like Chicago, that was, Chicago just, suburbs. that's that's like their key demographic right i mean the the stadium's on the west side of the city so it's closer to us than it is to downtown um (laughs) but no but um but 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 jordan did not necessarily in my mind come out you know foul uh my hunch is that he's so smart that he knew the only way to get the whole entire world to stop freaking about about out about coronavirus is to say Oh, guys, I don't want anybody to see this because it might make me look bad. And all of a sudden, ESPN, every like the lead on every story was, what is Michael afraid of us finding out about him? He also and found so a way here we are, to remove tags watching. from T-shirts. To, to remove tag? What? Oh. Yeah, Hanes. The brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, think I'm really, wearing one right now. From the same mind that removed tags. That's what we have to be crediting him for more than anything else is his (laughs) taglessness. Well, Michael Jordan, I mean, I I hope they get to this. The whole entire documentary is about the 97-98 Bulls, the last dance, the last year that they were going for that sixth title. And um, I hope they get to the, the reality of Michael Jordan in that, yes, he was the greatest basketball player to ever live. You know, we're not a sports document, you know, we're not a sports podcast, but that's that's a fact. And uh, yet he made almost all of his money as a businessman. Yeah. Right. I mean, he didn't make, he made money playing basketball uh, way more than Scottie Pippen did apparently. No. But collectively, Scottie made more playing collectively playing? than Michael did. Yep. Well, is that, that has um, to include his, like, that, that has to include his after the bulls. Uh, yes. Because he yes, was yes, yes, correct. Not just with the woefully right. underpaid paid by yeah. right. Jerry Krause, um, but uh, but Jordan made all of his money from you know Wheaties and Nike. I mean, all of it from and Nike his Jordan and brands and the, the brand. Yeah. yeah, even Pastor Dexter on Sunday was preaching in Air Jordans. I don't know if yeah. you guys saw that. Oh, I didn't see it. <laughs> it's the closest Bethel's ever come to preachers and sneakers. <laughs> That's my favorite thing, dude. <laughs> Oh, I'm preaching in Instagram. A, I'm preaching in a couple of weeks, and my shoe game is not as strong as Dexter's yeah. is. And since the stream doesn't pick up your shoes, I feel like I might just be barefoot. I don't know. Do it. That's like how Jesus would have taught. Yeah. <laughs> so Scott, you're gonna you're gonna get online, and you're gonna you're gonna log into ESPN, and you're gonna watch the Last Dance. No sling. I, I, well, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, you call me a bad millennial, but guys, I've used all of my free subscriptions like five <laughs> years ago. It's time for a new email. I'm, a new I'm, email. Yeah, so what, do I make a new email? Like, that's yes. not kosher, right? Okay, so <laughs> here's the other, no, it's totally kosher, because here's the thing, and, and people don't know this about Google Mail, Gmail, most people call it, but Google allows you. Google Mail. I said that for the, the benefit Google of Google Mail. Okay, Grandpa. No, that's right. They stop 
guys, you got to know our audience. Our audience on the Churches Now Online podcast is typically over the age of 50, which we love. We love um, you. But, but you can add a period anywhere in your Gmail account, and it changes it. So I just keep moving the period down the name <laughs> and, and it just all runs together. Google doesn't care. They just, they just yeah. take the period out when they process it. So it all goes to the same inbox. And then every other company is like, oh, this must be a new person because there's a period in this one. So Scott, come on. There you go. Get with it. All right. I'll make a new email. Sold. Okay. There's no reason for you not to be able to access all the contents in the world today for free. Yes, for free. That's all I'm right? saying. This it is, is all a- I'm asking for. It is a basic human right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh it boy. should go. Yes. This is getting off the rails. What else are we going to talk about right now? <laughs> I absolutely have no idea what else we were going to talk about. We've got a, a really fascinating guest today. Uh, he's uh, soon to be the brother in law of um, Daniel Asher. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've got a cool relationship. I, I appreciate, you know, uh, Dan Soderquist is his name, he's one of our beloved HP. Uh, dudes and uh, Daniel, I've, I've, HP Dan's one, yeah. one of the many Dan's. Yes, it's and a cool we never really f- yeah, I, uh, figured I out him, how I fear him deeply. So <laughs> I love this is probably saying more than he wants me to say, but they were um, on the newlywed game that we played over the weekend with like the the Zoom trivia crew, and uh, we we gave up on trivia. I played the newlywed game, and and Dan and Ashley were hilarious. <laughs> they were hilarious. I loved it. Um, so we, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna, we should probably just cut to him right now. Cause people are sick about hearing us try and unethically <laughs> Our steal bad television. Michael Jordan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, until next time, everybody, we're going to drop another episode on Thursday when we'll try this all again. Uh, enjoy our conversation with Dan Soderquist. Well, hey, everybody, we have uh, the tremendous privilege of welcoming onto the podcast someone who admitted never to watching the podcast or listening to the podcast before, didn't even know what a podcast was, and that's why we love him. Uh, He's Christina's brother, soon to be Daniel Asher's brother-in-law, Dan Soderquist, everyone. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Earlier on our call, we had to explain to you what a podcast was. Do you... Do you feel like we got the gist of it? I've, I've been briefed, and I now understand it's a radio interview. I think a guy at work actually told me that he likes to listen to podcasts, and what I know about this guy and the way he is, I never wanted to do a podcast or listen to one. <laughs> well, I, I'm just being honest. No, that's great. Well, you're you're. Uh, this is the redeeming podcast. For, yep. for all podcasts, which is great because it's um, a little bit about faith, a little bit about our community, a little bit about family, and um, all that is redeemed by Jesus. So even, hey, even Dan, this little theological thing, even Jesus can redeem podcasts. Before we start... Uh, We're started, man. man I mean, uh, before we go go deeper, 
Uh, can we figure out this Dan, Dan, Dan dilemma? <laughs> so I've always known Dan Soderquist as Dan. And I've always known you as Daniel. And whatever you call me, just make sure it's appropriate. Mr. Pastor. Jacobson. Pastor. Pastor. Brother. Pastor. Brother. Yeah, there you go. Brother Dan. Brother Dan. Yeah, I. so I have a brother-in-law named Dan. And uh, when, when I got married into the family, he was like, I think we're going to go with Steve for you. And I was like, Steve, no, 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 no. That is not my name. I am Dan, and you can just deal with it. And what's crazy is we have the same initials, too. So it couldn't be like DJ. It was like we were doomed. And so he goes by Daniel, which I thought was very appropriate. I guess the alternative was like going by Danny, but that's like the... Did either of you go by Danny as a kid? My grandma used to call me Danny. Yeah? I was in a fraternity for uh, I was in a fraternity for a couple years, so I had a dark season of Danny. <laughs> the, Danny uh, the Danny season. Oh man, you as a Danny <laughs> is like a it's a rom com waiting to happen. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, short shorts. I was the cute, like you know, innocent uh, little kid Danny. You know, like what, why has Danny got a cruddy haircut? Well, he cut his own hair. Oh, Danny, like that was me. You know, that was. And then I woke up and I was like, mm, this isn't working. I need to be Dan. Dan, we didn't invite you uh, onto the podcast to change each other's names. We actually, um, we've been having conversations from the community, uh, people in our in our church community, um, just about how coronavirus season has um, changed life. And you're, uh, you're working a job right now that I think a lot of people uh, can relate to. Can you tell us kind of what you're doing for employment, what you've been doing? Uh, yes, I, uh, so I'm an outside contractor. I work at, uh, it's the... It's called the Whiting Praxair facility. It's actually in East Chicago, Indiana, uh, but they they supply BP Amico with hydrogen. So I'm right across from the refinery, and I am pretty much their on-site electrical support uh, for whatever they may need. So um, as far as uh, with the virus going on, that interrupts our day-to-day operations uh, quite a lot. There's a lot of interaction there. Um, communication is key in these industrial facilities. So it's been a challenge. Um, yeah, Dan- Daniel and I, uh, we've never had a job like that, right? Like we don't know what it is to, well, I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, Daniel. I've never <laughs> had a job like that. Uh, communication is key for us, but communication for us is just a simple text or, you know, sometimes I have to like, Instagram message Daniel to get a hold of him. Amen. Uh, I imagine I imagine the stakes are a little bit higher. Uh, that, was a, that was such a shallow dig. I'm sorry. Uh, I imagine so so working for Praxair, you know, there's a lot that could happen, and, and it's uh, industries like that have some safety regulations and protocols, and you know, want to make sure you're not working with a bunch of guys who are um, not following those, and then add to it the fact that you know anyone at any given moment could have this really um, contagious uh, virus, right? What are some of the protocols that have changed the way that you do your job? Uh, well, so I don't work for Praxair. I work for Meat Electric. Um, but so, well, we'll just start with my contractor. So their rules that they've kind of put in place are more or less ask your crew certain questions daily. Um, yeah, you know, how are you feeling today? 
do you have a cough? Uh, do you have a fever? You know, all those, pretty much all the things that the CDC is asking, you know, do you have any of these symptoms? They're asking us uh, supervisors to ask our guys that. Uh, fortunate for me, I am working by myself there. So um, I don't have to ask that Do you have to stand in front of the mirror and be like, <laughs> do you have a cough? I still have to write this I got the black lung. ASA every morning like I'm running a crew just because it covers yeah. me for yeah. need, you know. But yep. um, I wear a mask every day. Um, that mostly comes from my wife, Ashley, uh, insisting that I do. But I I want to wear it. I have a new baby daughter here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it uh, it's like this looming thing over you every day you know i don't look at people at work and just think like oh you know i better avoid him i better avoid him that's why i wear a mask but everybody looks at me like like i'm the guy who has the covid virus at one guy at work actually calls me covid (laughs) yeah because i i wear this black mask around uh, just to protect me and i tell them i said this is for my protection and it's also for you you don't know yeah how i'm feeling and i surely don't know how you guys are feeling today so right even Um, though my supervisor myself had to ask me how i was feeling (laughs) there's really no way of telling no so that's we we you know dan being the longtime listener that you are you know that we've (laughs) talked about masks um i'm sorry i'm just i'm super snappy today i had three people come over to my house today to say hi so i'm like i'm i'm riding on like the people interaction wave yeah. Um, but, but so we've talked about masks and the stigma around them on this, um, on this podcast, even last week, um, we had pastor Tim Chen on and he said, as far as the discrimination that's happening against the Chinese Americans, it's that like, it all comes down to masks for them. If you're wearing a mask, you brought this into our country. If you're not wearing a mask, how could you, you know, not wear, he, he, yeah. he, he was saying he gets it from both sides. And I, um, so, so a lot of us have masks and the CDC is recommending that we wear them. And, um, the other day I was in the store and I, I didn't have mine with me. And, um, I, I felt like you feel weird, don't you? It's, it's a, it's a somber feeling. Like why, why do I feel weird? I feel, I don't know, I feel naked right now. Right. <laughs> I did. And I was like, I had, it was a cold day. So I had my jacket on and I like, it's got one of those collars that comes up and I like try to do this thing where I cover my, my mouth at least with like my shirt. But then I just like, I was like, that just look like a fool. Like I don't, and there's this tremendous social pressure. It's almost like going back to high school and like <laughs> not having the right clothes and being like having that social awareness. And I'm curious how many, how many guys, uh, you know, where you're working, you, you said that it's, you know, there's people who are calling you COVID and whatnot. But how many guys are, are following this on their jobs, and how many would you say are not? Uh, like throwing percentages. Masks? Yeah. There, I can I can tell you right now. There is. There's six. One, there's one I can guy. Name names. <laughs> one guy that wears a mask. There, he is seventy, wow. about seventy years old. He he yeah. was retired. He's an outside contractor as well, um, and I, I've talked to him uh, quite a bit, and. He, he's the only the only guy that wears one there, and that's because he's just an older guy and has, you know, a weaker immune system. He's, you know, he's just been flat out. We, we kind of connected, actually, because he sees me every morning 
when I'm waiting to get my permit with the plant. And, uh, you know, we're just, hey, how's it going? He drives all the way in from up in Michigan, about an hour and a half mm -hmm. away. So, uh, you know, I say, hey, Greg, how you doing? And, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say there is on day-to-day -day, uh, operation there, there's probably 30, 40, uh, it, it changes, but um, probably 30 to 50 people there. And there's two of us wow. that are wow. wearing masks. So that's why I do it, because there's so many people, and I have to, if I have to go into the control room, talk to the operators, tell them where I'm working, whatever, I, I have to have interaction there. And it's just whatever, you know, it's an extra uh, step that I'm taking to protect myself and my family, I, I feel like, so. And you know why Greg talks to you? Is because, uh, for real, is because you're showing courtesy, right? I mean, you're, you're showing to him, like, hey, me wearing this is actually a sign that I respect you, right? Right. It's not that I don't, uh, you know, I could yeah. go on with my life and pretend, you know, be, uh, I'm not afraid of whatever. But no, honestly, for you to be like, no, I, I care enough about my family. I care enough about my coworkers. I'm going to make sure that these small things that are maybe hassles today uh, can help protect you uh, sure. as a coworker. You know, and in, and in our industry, it's everything is about personal protective equipment. Um, every day I, I have to suit up with steel toe boots, uh, FR fire rated clothing, uh, hard hat, you know, non-conductive hard hat, safety glasses, um, fall protection. You know, I got to wear a harness if I'm over six feet. I mean, everything is centered around PPE. So it's not hard. Like I've had, I've been at sites where, uh, like lead plants and stuff where you have to wear full face respirator. I mean, it hurts. Like <laughs> your yeah. face hurts at the end of the day. And I, I feel bad for, for these nurses and, uh, all the medical personnel and stuff. Cause they're, I know how it feels just to wear this mask. My ears hurt. My mouth hurts. I want to scratch my face, but that's like the last thing you're supposed to do is touch that's your right. mouth or anything. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, if I see people wearing masks, you know, if I'm, if I got to run to the store or wherever, like, I don't, it's not judgmental. I'm sitting there going, you know what? Thank you very much. Yeah. And I, I believe I've said that to a couple people before, like maybe at the gas station or something, you know, they're wearing their gloves, they're wearing a mask, even if it's a homemade mask, that's what I wear. I, I have an N95 respirator that I keep in the truck, but, uh, it kind of feels like you, sh it's like the gold bar. Nobody should know you have, right? Yeah. It's, it was my wife's when she was, uh, working at the hospital. So I think it's interesting how, uh, I don't know, our awareness of our proximity to other people has just changed right now. Um, like I am, I started almost counting like the different people that I come into contact with. And then if I go see, uh, you know, your parents, um, I talked to Christine and I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't think I can go see your parents today and even really be around them because I ran into like three new people <laughs> or like, or whatever. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's people where you don't know where they've been or who right. they've been hanging out right. and the potential What's, for Daniel. Yeah. I know that yeah. Like when you have that awareness of how many people you're coming in contact with, or even like the things that you're coming in contact with at work, I'm sure that is kind of like looming over you when you come home 
Like what exactly do you do before you come inside the house? Because I'm sure you're taking steps before, especially with Ashley being a nurse, you know, you're very aware of like what you could be bringing into the house. Are you doing anything like before? Well, you're throwing me off, Christina, because you called me Daniel. You feel like you're talking to your Daniel. Very confused. Okay. Um, No. So I'm glad you asked because I, I, I did want to skip over the other things, the other uh, safeties that I'm practicing at work. So I have, uh, uh, of course, hand sanitizer in my truck. Uh, my contractor, uh, Mead, has given us their own solution that they, uh, that they we're able to, I think it was made at a local brewery, actually. It's the liquid. Is it scented? <laughs> it is. It smells great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they got a 55-gallon drum of it, and uh, they handed that out to all the crews. They also handed out uh, a diluted bleach uh, spray, you know, spray bottles. All it is diluted bleach. So, you know, that's to clean our tools and everything. But pretty much almost every time I get in my truck, I will Lysol everything, the door handle, the steering wheel, uh, my seat belt, things that I'm touching, my keys. Um, I'll sanitize my hands. Uh, and that's, my hands are pretty messed up right now as I'm sure a lot of your guys' skin is really dry and um, That sanitizer it dries it up so fast, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My hands were already dry and cracked, and this is just making it worse. So, um, yeah, but there's no getting around it. I mean, honestly, if I go if I go into the main maintenance building, you know, for whatever, if I got to bump my my uh, personal air monitor or whatever, get a permit, I open that door, whether I use a gloved hand, uh, my bare hand, I'm going to have to sanitize everything because especially your gloves. I think wearing gloves is actually worse because you're just, you can't really clean the inside of your gloves and they're leather gloves. You know, there are certain things I got to wear out there. I can't be throwing those away every day. You know, we don't get a pair each day. So it's not something that we just dispose of, but that like Daniel was saying, you know, how many people I come in contact with. I think that like all the time I, when I go to open a door now, I look at that handle and I think, Okay, there's 40 people that walked through this door this morning when they came to work. How many people did they go home to? Yeah. How many people have they been in contact with at the store? Are these people practicing social distancing? Uh, are they taking the same kind of precautions as I am? Or, you know, so basically when I get back in the truck, it's, <laughs> you know, I'm bathing in Lysol and hand sanitizer. Lemony fresh. Is it possible? Do you guys think we're ever going to like make it to a point in our society where everybody gets their own bubble? You know, oh, like, golly, I hope so. I want a bubble so bad. <laughs> you want to? <laughs> you remember Bubble Boy back in the, the 90s? That, yeah, uh, that, that's that exactly what I'm, I'm pulling on. Yeah. Uh, that's the, is, that, is that the only way? I mean, because you're talking about living in the cloud, really, Dan. I mean, you're talking about Lysoling and living in your car and making you – and it feels so controlled, right? It feels like that's the type of thing I can control. I can control how much disinfectant I use or where I'm at or 
I have I have the same dilemma. I wore gloves into the grocery store the other day, and then I put my gloved hand um, on my wallet, mm-hmm. and then I had to hand over my uh, credit card to the person because there's an error, there's an issue with it, and then they gave it back, and uh, coughed on it, and they sneezed all over it. No, they didn't. They didn't. But then I got in my car and I I held my keys, and my keys were like I, I and then I had this like explosive moment in my mind where I was like, I can't disinfect any of this. Like I, yeah. I can't, I can't. And, um, at some point, you know, there's this, there's this control that is deep inside of all of us that we want to exert over this and we're being encouraged to exert over it. And I think if you're a type a person who just likes to manage things in your own life, if you have a little bit of OCD tendencies, this is bringing out that, to the max in people right this is just pushing us as far as our ocd will take us and i'm curious to see how long that'll that'll hang on how is um how how is your you know your company maybe they're relaying to you any information about um expected duration of these protocols do you think this is a forever thing for your job or is this like just for here and now um i'm not I'm not really hearing much from my company. Um, they're just happy that I am still working in a facility. A lot of the sites have been shut down. Uh, projects, obviously all that is non-essential to the day in and day out operations. So um, they're just glad that I'm in there still, you know, keeping a presence, you know, so that, Someday when things do hopefully go back to normal, we'll pick right back up where we left off. But um, yeah, uh, they really little to no communication whatsoever with my company. I talk with my boss daily about this. And uh, I mean, you know, we, it's, we just, you know, see, I, I call him to see how things are going uh, the site he's at, which is about 10 minutes away from me. And, you know, how, how's the work looking? And, you know, we just talk about how, you know, we joke about it mostly. Just, I think that's just how we are. Uh, keep things kind of loose, but, you know, how, you know, will you shake somebody's hand after this as a, you know, common greeting, you know, or hugs? I mean, we just, uh, the other day, my brother Steven's son Luke turned six and we did a couldn't do a birthday party for him so we did a he wanted a parade uh out front so it was like 20 cars just driving by everyone honking their horns and you know he's he's one of my son's best buddies you know they're yeah about the same age and it's just kind of heartbreaking to see your kids and even me like i i want to hug my mom or you know my dad yeah talk talk to my brothers you know go hang out in their garage or you know and you know that's been stripped from us because we think that we're protecting i'm i'm more or less thinking Mm -hmm. i'm protecting them you know i i'm really not thinking about myself here so much but i know that i got to protect myself where i'm at so that I don't bring it home. But at the end of the day, and, I, and this nags at me, is that in my 
is that under my control yeah. and I know it's not. So right. I like I would like to think that I'm in control, which that's like you were talking about, that's kind of the person I am. If things are out of control, I am a complete wreck. So um yeah, this is definitely a learning experience for me that I kind of need to let go and trust that God is going to, you know, guide me, that he will protect us, or right. that I just need to let go and trust his His uh, plan for my life. So, Well, I think it's an awesome perspective that you have, because um, I think if you, I don't know, if, if you look at the situation as, you know, trying to protect yourself from everybody else, then it can seem like a burden. Like, I have to wash my hands. I have to do this so that I don't get sick, but I don't pass it along to anybody else. And it can seem just burdensome. Yeah. But if you if you are doing it to protect other people, and I think if everybody has that mentality, like, I'm protecting you, you're protecting me, there's this, this mutual respect type of thing, um, which I think this is actually, this whole situation is kind of like uncovering that a lot more people are, are generous and care about their, their brother and sister yeah. um, than otherwise, I think... Yeah. We, we understood what's what's crazy about that is we had a nurse on i think the first episode of of um not a nurse uh, a medical professional on our first episode and we didn't get this on the recording but um she had told me she said you know what's crazy about this thing is we're, we're seeing the generations handle this type of thing differently and it's the younger generation that's being more generous it's the millennials who are rising to the challenge right now and stepping up and saying, we're going to, you know, you know, maybe there's a little bit of that. Like, um, it seems like the data is showing us that we're not going to get sick type of thing, which the data is not showing us that, um, it just shows that you're probably going to have less complications if you're younger. But, um, she was saying, you know, that they're really saying this is our moment. You know, this is yeah. our, it, it's not world war three, but it's a worldwide pandemic. And so it's cool to see, Daniel, like you're saying, so many different ways that people are saying, I care about others. And so I'm going to adapt to this. I'm going to take the first step and be selfless here, even though I'd prefer to do things another way or I'd prefer to be more in control of this thing. Yeah, yeah I think it's huge. Um, this was about over a month ago. Um, this individual was asking me why I... I wear a mask and, uh, you know, I told him, I said, I'm trying to protect myself. I said, you know, this isn't a joke. A lot of people still thought it was a hoax or, you know, whatever, the government trying to get one over on the citizens. And, but, you know, I, I told him, I said, uh, you know, we have, we have cases in Lake County. There's a, an app that I have. It's called Newsbreak. And you can you can check any state. It's actually global, so you can see the numbers that are being reported anywhere. And I particular would watch Lake County, Porter County, and uh, you know this guy was like, you know this, uh, you know I feel like this is only going to happen in large cities. And you know I'm telling him like, Lake County has this many cases, and we already had a few deaths at that point. Actually, I think the first one was in Hobart, um, and. Uh, yeah, he just, he wasn't real serious about it. And uh, I think it was two weeks ago, 
um, he was writing my permit and uh, he, he got real serious with me and, you know, was apologized for um, questioning why I was wearing a face mask and, uh, you know, why I was keeping my distance uh, from him when we were writing things up. And uh, he said that uh, the day before, it would have been Sunday afternoon, that his dad passed away in Chicago. And uh, he said, um, wow. I think he went went in Saturday, maybe, uh, Friday, maybe had some signs, and uh, Sunday he had, he had passed away. Mm. Um, also, another individual there, uh, with this one really was more alarming to me because of the individual's age. Um, a guy, guy that was, that works there also, I, I was talking to him about everything that's going on. And, uh, he said that I, I asked him how his family was doing and, you know, if he was, if he was practicing social distancing and everything, and he said, yes. Um, and, uh, told me that his nephew, who's 30 years old, um, same thing, this hit him even more, or, or a lot quicker, I should say. Uh, he went in to the emergency room Saturday afternoon, we'll say, and he, he had passed uh, Sunday oh night. Uh, so, you know, as far as age restriction or whatever, you know, right. I, that's why... That's also one of the driving things for me is why I, I'm doing all this because uh, I've seen the one gentleman's dad was older in his late 70s, early 80s maybe, and this other young man was uh, just a little bit younger than me, 30 years old. So, Yeah, and you never know how it's going to affect you personally. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, and that's another thing why you can't, uh, you got to be mindful of who you're talking to, uh, it's not a joke. So right. Um, right. you might be talking to somebody who lost their mother and father um, uh, in our, in our own congregation. I know we've, we've there, lost there have been people. Couple. That's right. And I, I think about some of our staff members now whose parents are um, teetering. Right. And uh, it's uh, there, there's always the temptation in any type of wide scale um, pandemic or, or even just national tragedy to lead with a joke, right. To lead with, you know, the sky's falling and, and, and some yeah. sort of snarky comment. And yet how sobering to realize that, no, this is, this is a real thing that has, um, real teeth to it. And just like you said, you don't know who you're talking to. And, and, um, I think, uh, the longer this goes on, the more aware of that dynamic we're going to have to be uh, dude, we, we appreciate you, man. And thanks for coming on and giving us your perspective of, of kind of just the industry that you're in and, and how it's hitting you. And, uh, we love you uh, and your family. I want to ask you one gut feeling question. Um, August 14th, is it going to rain or, 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 uh, or sunshine? <laughs> oh, it's sunshine. Sunshine. Perfect. And, sunshine. Uh, and will there be social distancing rules in effect or not? Uh, government mandated or will people be no yeah people? government mandated like if people wanted to have a wedding do <laughs> you think they'll be able to do it um no but if anyone has a wedding planned for that day they should just cancel it 
there's a moment there where I was like, he doesn't know. He doesn't know that's the date. He's not remembering that that's yeah. the date. If they have a wedding that day, I'm not going to be there. Oh, We're going to be not gonna the be. campground. We'll just have to For those of you. Oh, I, you know, I'll pray that that day is beautiful, 70 degrees, and we can yeah, have gatherings cold, of more than 10 people. Let's go 72. Seven. If you're dressed up in a <laughs> suit, you'll be dying. Dan. That's a incredibly smart perspective, Dan. And I'm sorry. I uh, yes, seventy degrees would be perfect. Would be perfect for those of you uh, listening along at home uh, and don't know why we're making a fuss about this. That's the date that uh, Daniel and Christina get married. So you can send all of your wedding gifts um, somewhere perfect. in Hobart, and they'll pick them up. Well, Dan, thanks for taking time out of uh, your your evening as you just got off of work here to uh, sit down with us and by your own admission, do something that you hate, which is record a podcast. No, this was fun. It was fun, wasn't it? I'm, I miss seeing you all. At I know, man. Around, so. Well, say uh, say hello to your family for us, and um, we, uh, we're praying for you to stay safe out there, man. Thank you. Bye. Yep. We'll see you guys. Thanks for listening to the Church is Now Online podcast. For more resources from Bethel Church, head to BethelWeb.org, where you can stream services, give online, and find ways to impact our community. To connect with the HP campus, the best way to do that is on Facebook. Join our group by searching Bethel Church-Hobart Portage. If you enjoyed this content and want to help us out, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you found this content. And it helps us if you rate and review. It just makes it easier for others to find us online. Church is Now Online is produced by the team at Bethel Hobart Portage. Christina Soderquist, Daniel Asher, Scott Irwin, and myself, Dan Jacobson. Thanks for listening to this episode. Until next time, this podcast is to be continued.